This is a fourth hand production. Stupid, but do you want to try to do a remote viewing session up there near A51 and see if it is different? Yeah, that'd be cool. Sure. I don't but, know. So, how do we do that though? Because obviously the target is Area 51. We try to tap into what we think is there or what we think happened. Yeah. And go that route because that's part of remote viewing where you can, but supposedly remote viewing, you can actually, there's no linear time. You can go back yeah. in the past, you can do the present, you can do the future. And so maybe just, we do it that way. I'm just saying, yeah, it'd probably be an object within Area 51, but then how do we even know? Or is that what you mean? Or do you just want to do some remote viewing like we did? There? I think just remote. And honestly, we might not know the outcome. That's the thing. I mean, I think it'd just be fun to kind of record. I know the vibe up there, I, I guess. I yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. No, that could be so. cool. Um, what if an alien just started looking back at us? Holy shit, dude. <laughs> story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal uh, are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't uh, know planes that they're building? and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles Podcast. I am Shane. I am John. I'm Josh. Oh, it's so simple, but boring in a way. I expected something more from you, Josh. I know. I always... I'm on keep you on your toes every week you never know i'm uh tired of carrying this uh podcast on my shoulders my back's a little sore so uh calm down me calm down if i'm I'm not putting in my my strongest effort today and by that i mean i'm tired of like showing up late to everything and um contributing next to nothing as I say, Shane's head is going to explode on that one. Yeah, it's you know, exhausting. What do you mean? <laughs> As my head spins around and I fucking... What do you mean your back hurts? <laughs> anyway, too cool. Well, welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. Um, we kind of got a fun one this time. Uh, you know, we don't have any guests necessarily lined up on this one. We And we kind of, I guess we touched a little bit about it, guys, a couple podcasts ago. At least I know, at least last podcast about um, remote viewing. You know, we yeah. had kind of a thing lined up. So Yeah, I think that's uh, one of our favorite top topics here on the show. I think we talk about it every so often. It, uh, it pops up in topic and conversation. It's I, I, so interesting, it's hard to avoid. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And actually, you know what's funny is that I heard about it, but it wasn't before we all three got together that it really kind of resounded with me a little bit. And I went, wow, this is a thing. Like and then some of the guests we had on kind of contributed to that too, where they're like, "Look, anybody can do it," and da da da. And then you know that kind of planted the seed, I think, to where we mm-hmm. finally decided, you know, shit, let's stop kicking the tires on this thing and you know do something more. Actually, try it, try it for ourselves. Yeah, and honestly, like I've always wanted to try it, especially since the first episode we did on it, which was actually one of the first episodes we did, I think. Um after watching third eye spies when they were not only talking about how anyone could do it, but like it was a learned skill and you didn't need to have any kind of like 
psychic abilities or stuff, I was like, I really want to try that. And it's, I've been wanting to try it since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's what kicked off that one episode. And yeah, I think it was like season two. It was right when you guys came on board, I think. And it was one of those where you were excited about it. I sat down and watched a documentary. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about it. You know, of course, military involvement, things like that. And then, uh, you know, it just kind of blossomed into something different. And it's weird because, again, you know, <laughs> we had like <laughs> blossom. We had a guest that would talk about it kind of periodically. I was like, oh, shit, this is interesting. So, yeah. Um, well, you actually really did the legwork on like, looking into how to actually do it. And I mean, you re- you read the book, Shane, you, you, you took notes on how to actually try and achieve this. Well, so. yeah, I know. And I think for the, for the shout outs, you know, I mean, obviously we all have a love for it, but um, I, I will, I'll be the first one to admit um, I kind of regret a couple of the books that I, so literally when I researched, I was bouncing back and forth through four different books and each one was about remote viewing, but it was different. Like one was specifically a guy who worked with the military programs, which we're actually going to cover some brief history real quick here, um, where he worked with the military programs and it was very routine rules, regulations, how they do it. The other one is kind of a, well, how do you do this at home? This is a little bit more lackadaisical, more of a, I get. I don't want to say hippy dippy, but you know, it kind of read like that. And then the other ones were really just like witness and eye accounts of you know what do you see, uh, and so you compile them all together, and it was a fucking hodgepodge to be honest with you because I I got to the point where I didn't know where one started and one began and vice mm-hmm. versa. But um, all great I mean, information. It, yeah, you put it all together um, very nicely for Josh and I to understand pretty easily. I, I was pretty nervous before we started i was just like oh there's no fucking way i'm gonna be able to know what the hell i'm doing but um to anybody that doesn't know what remote viewing is anybody out there wondering what the hell we're talking about um remote viewing is the practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target uh purportedly sensing quote unquote with the mind and so you are uh in theory supposed to be able to be able to find like any geographical location um literally anywhere in the universe um not not it's not just earthbound like uh there's reports of ingo swan seeing workers up on the moon and naked workers (laughs) yeah (laughs) were they they naked i don't remember that specific the, the experiment was pulled um but it was researched heavily um, by SRI, the Stanford Research Institute, by a couple guys, Russell Targ and another guy, Hal Putoff, that was in To the Stars Academy. Um, I think that's what he's right now most famous for. I think right, that for right. the general public would probably recognize him from that. Um, yeah. And they were studying that in the 70s, and I think it went into the 80s. Um, and they mm-hmm. worked closely with the CIA, um, and they worked closely with uh, Ingo Swan a famous psychic and also a guy that isn't so known. Um, a guy from Salt Lake city, Utah born into a big Mormon family, Pat price. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was so, the one, or I'm sure you're about to answer the question I'm about to ask. So I'm just going to let you keep going. Well, <laughs> so Pat price, they, they brought him on and I'm not going to get into all that, but one of the things that kind of put him on the map, as far as research goes and kind of, uh, heightening uh, Targs and uh, Kit Green is another researcher um, interest in Pat Price is it's 
they were involved in the Sugar Grove remote viewing session. So Russell Targ, long story short, gave Ingo Swan and Pat Price the location of his cabin, just his unassuming cabin in the woods um, somewhere. And they both sent back, both psychics sent back the same uh, information, like mm-hmm. a flagpole, um, all the, all this other stuff. So like, yeah, there was a, said uh, none of it was accurate flagpole, the circular driveway, multiple buildings. This was all nonsense. Uh, he said, cause he thought that they were remote viewing um, Russell Targ's uh, cabin in West Virginia. Oh. And so for some reason, the fact that both of them were coming back with the same thing, Kit green was like, there's something weird about this. Like, why are they both like, how is it wrong? But they're both saying the same thing, you know? Right. Right. So he ended up driving to the cabin and kind of going a little further. And he accidentally stumbled upon uh, like this secret uh, military base. And, oh, no uh, shit. I think yeah, I remember was, this story, but it's been a bit. Yeah. He, so they, he drove and he saw a highly classified military facility called the Naval Radio Station, Sugar Grove. And it was an ultra secret facility run in part by NSA designed to intercept international electronic intelligence from around the world. And the site contained classified radar systems and deep space telescopes. And it was right down the road from Russell Targ's summer cabin. And mm. apparently Russell Targ had no idea it was there. And that Monday morning, the following Monday morning, Kit Green wrote up a report for um, the guy that he answered to at, C- at the CIA. Yeah. And the CIA got this report and they started investigating possible treasonous violations against the Espionage Act because they thought like oh, these guys were. Oh, yeah, no shit. Spies. Spies are doing mm-hmm. some crazy shit because no one is supposed to know about this. And it was just. And Pat Price and Ingo Swan just both saw these, this facility randomly. They, no one knew that this place even existed. And um, Price actually was able to read things in the filing cabinet and stuff like that. Oh, when they yeah. There. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, let's see if I can see this. Uh, it says inside the file cabinet, there were, uh, Several folders he added, and he could read the labels on four of them. Cue ball, 14 ball, eight ball, rack up. Words resembling hay fork or haystack were also written down. Price said and he'd been able to determine the names of three individuals. Colonel R.J. Hamilton, Major General George R. Nash, and Major John C. Calhoun. And um, finally, Price told put off the classified code name of the site. It was Sugar Grove, he said. So he remote viewed all of that, and it turned out that all of that was... 100 percent correct and you know what's fucking funny about that is that i mean that was in the infancy of remote viewing so think about you know mm-hmm. like they really didn't know what they were doing and even though they didn't do the specified target that they had in mind they uncovered that so mm-hmm. as you go through the years and you get more specified and you start putting some rules around you know outlines around like how to do it 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 in my opinion it definitely has gotten more um more centric viewed you know, for yeah. sure. Or were you more dumb? Um, and not to get too far. I just love this story. It's just such a crazy story, but 
So the CIA did their investigation. They realized that there was no type of espionage going on between the researchers and the psychics and everything. Um, But I guess weeks later, Kit Green was talking to Pat Price and Green asked if he had seen um, Russell Targ's cabin and Price says, quote, of course I saw the cabin, but you're in the intelligence business. You had to be looking at what was down the road. <laughs> so it's like, nice. yeah, I saw the cabin, but there's this crazy thing like down the road from the cabin. That's really interesting. Yeah. Not even wanting to pay attention to that. I'm going to pay attention to this down here. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Th- those are a couple big, huh. big players in the remote viewing field. Well, um, didn't Pat price meet an untimely end under dubious circumstances in Las Vegas and, uh, a few people are pretty convinced that the CIA has its fingerprints all over it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. There's a big story with that too. You know, I, of course, you know, can't be proven, but yeah, there's a big undercover thing about, you know, if that was a thing for sure. But you know, if, if you're looking at, and the thing is too, you know, before we get too much into Louise on this whole thing, this really started military based, which I don't know, guys, I don't know if that's unfortunate, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's unfortunate where, you know, it was military base. They're already wrapped up into this, and they're trying to kind of own and figure out what it was. And then they realize, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's a way we can use this to win the wars, win, yeah. you know, spy on I mean, the enemy, whatever so, have you. Yeah, well, during the Cold War, if they if they have an opportunity to spy on Russia and see what they're up to, and not like put an officer in danger in the field. Yeah, you know, if you can sit in California and just see what the hell's going on in Russia with your enemies. I mean, that's, that's worth looking into and investigating and researching. And that's why, and the CIA was heavily involved in cyclical research. Um, Probably still is. Oh, absolutely. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't SRI start out fairly civilian based and then they like needed money. So they went to the CIA and that's how they ended up with kind of military involvement there. That, um, that is correct. That actually, I mean, right. that sounds splitting right, hairs, but uh, no, no, you're fine. So, right, but I can't, I, I can't say one way or the other. It's been yeah. So it's like I've like looked into the SRI history yeah. and everything. It did start like that originally, but it started very small, very civilian, yeah. very private. And but when it really got the, I, I guess when they put the power behind it, that's when the military got involved. They said, "Hey, we're going to do this." They brought in more people. They brought in more candidates. Um, before the CRI wasn't very big whatsoever. You know, they're doing experiments, but they were. Yeah, it was basically uh, Pudoff and um, Targ, Targ, and I right. think Ingo Swan and Pat Price before. Yeah. And then when when they got the funding, that's when like Kit Green and everyone came in. Anyway, that's kind of off the topic. It was just a yeah, I'm no, splitting for sure. hairs for sure. No, me. that's okay. Well, and then another name too, just real quick before we get into the thick of this. Um, Yuri Geller was part of this too. You know, so most people know that he was famous for, you know, bending spoons, um, but he was actually into the remote view and he was part of those sessions as well. You know, I don't know. You guys might know more. I don't know how many necessarily, but he was another name that was in that whole whole group or that whole mix. So, yeah, he's a controversial character. Yeah, very much so. Some people call him uh, charlatan. <laughs> yeah, some people call I mean, that he did. You know, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's got a real flamboyant history and past, and it's weird because if you look at it from one direction where, like, if any of it's true, then it makes a lot of sense because, uh, like, for instance, if he was, like, a high-ranking Mossad agent and doing all sorts of espionage, then 
all of the flamboyant wild shit as cover makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also if he's just a dude who is trying to like fleece people, all of the other stories make sense because right. uh, people that are like out grifting like that tend to tell wild stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. You know, I think that's kind of, like I said, you know, I don't think that's splitting hairs on that. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. Depends what viewpoint you want to look at it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Interesting. Also, uh, there's a, uh, Edgar Mitchell, the famous astronaut. Oh. He, yeah. uh, he was heavily into remote viewing and he tried an experiment on one of his missions to the moon one time, which is pretty interesting. Like, I feel like there's a lot of credence when there's an astronaut that takes this stuff seriously, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. He was involved in the Apollo 14 mission. Um, and he, he conducted secret ESP experiments on the way to the moon. Like he didn't let uh, NASA know or anything. It was just like him and a couple buddies down on earth. And he was like, okay, I'm going to try and like send you messages while I'm flying to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. great uh, i don't know you know again you guys knew it you got me hooked and now god damn it now i'm screwed now, now i got this whole thing now i want to do it all the time as much as we can because it, it just is so interesting yeah i want to you know? learn how to do it by myself so that i can just do it whenever i want yeah oh there's ways actually there's ways so um that's some history we might revisit some history back and forth a little bit uh, you're pro as a listener, you might be asking, so why are you talking about this military involvement, all this other stuff? It's kind of beyond our reach. Um, actually it isn't, it is beyond your reach there. We had a, I think, was it, I don't even want to say it cause I don't want to get it wrong. I, th- I think it was Dr. Katz that was talking about remote viewing. Um, um we had a couple actually, yeah, I was like going to say it wasn't just, she was one of them, but it wasn't yeah. just her. Yeah. yeah. There um, several, yeah, several were remote viewers and, had varying takes on what was to come in the near future. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I believe it was Dr. Katz who had a somewhat bleak view of the near future. Um, <laughs> if I remember right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she had a friend. Well, so that's one of the first, well, let's start here. So that's one of the first books I ordered. Um, it was a friend of hers called John Noble. Uh, and this is, and again, we're going to kind of start layman. Then we're going to go up into a little bit more, I, I guess more of a, more rules apply type thing, different kinds of remote viewing. But this one here, so this guy, John Noble, wrote a book called Natural Remote Viewing. And so, Josh, what you're talking about is, hey, doing it by yourself type thing. What do you do? That's kind of where this book fits in. This book is one of those, I guess, if you have to classify a self-help book, this is where this falls into on that side. So remote viewing, and I'm just going to read what, you know, quick definition, what they say in this book. You know, and then we'll get into something else here. Uh, remote viewing is a form of extrasensory perception, ESP, for those of you who don't know. Um, it has, however, some distinguishing features that differentiate from the other forms of psychic functioning, such as spontaneous psychic impressions, out-of-the-body experiences, and mediumship. So remote viewing is a structured use of the natural psychic abilities, talent in all of us. And I think that's the key. So we catch that a lot, you know, like everybody can do it type thing. Um, mm-hmm. but that's the brief description of what remote viewing actually is and the purpose they have a quick little definition here, but I think it goes beyond that. The acquisition and description by mental means of information blocked from ordinary perception by distance, shielding, or time. 
that was the one, the word time was one thing that I felt was amazing because the one thing about remote viewing, when I read all these books, I'm doing the research is time is very linear on remote viewing. It doesn't necessarily go into the present. There's literally stories of a guy using remote viewing to find his car keys that his kid dropped down a sprinkler box in the front yard. And he described grass, hard plastic, uh, brass metal of some sort, and he went out and found his keys in the sprinkler box that his kid dropped down. The, like Didn't it's something one of our so simple. Tell us that story. Yeah, yeah, that actually was one of the stories we heard. Um, and then, but it can go in depth as there was one session that I read for an example where it was a remote viewing session, and it was actually coordinate remote viewing, which we'll talk a little bit about, where you're actually trying to find a location and or an object in that location, which we dabbled around a bit. Um, 27 pages of just your typical eight and a half by 11 inch white paper. It started off stage one. You're writing words, shapes, colors. As he goes into the session, it goes into smells, people he sees, what they're wearing, how far down the structure goes. It half built, like literally he remote viewed back to 1975 when this thing was being constructed and built it up from there. And again, this is like 27 pages of a five-hour remote viewing session that he actually <laughs> he came he formulated, and he was he was accurate. It was actually a Canadian tower, I, I think, that was in uh, somewhere outside of Toronto or Montreal that was built in that time frame. So when you talk about remote viewing going back, you know where there's no really time attached to it, you know that's a good example of it. So it's not necessarily what we have in present day, but you know back and forth. And I think that's the most fascinating thing for me when you think about remote viewing is the and layman terms cuz I'm not going to read the definitions of it but literally you're trying to you're trying to tap into the mental circuitry of the world the atmosphere and everything that's around it i mean that's what you're doing you're you're tapping into the collective i guess if that makes sense i don't know if you guys want to kind of define it any different but that's kind of what i got out of it a bit when i was reading uh, I I kind of feel like it's a little bit like reading the Matrix, like, um, like yeah, yeah, you know, like seeing all the characters coming down and seeing the picture out of it. I guess not that literal, but you're. I don't want to spoil too much too far ahead, but like, you're just getting mental images and not even trying to make sense of them. Just kind of like make note of what you're seeing so that you can, uh put it together after the fact, I guess. So you don't want to like color, color too much what you're experiencing at the time with expectations, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like when, while you're doing it, you're not supposed to try and figure it out. You're just supposed to put everything you see or hear, smell or whatever. Yeah. Paper. Yeah. Yeah. And there's basically using your mind like a camera taking random pictures though or like just like a fishnet or something you know yeah like you're focusing on Mm -hmm. nothing and you're focusing on everything all the kind of the same time and you're just kind of grasping at whatever pops in your head i suppose i mean i'm no master remote viewer or even a novice remote viewer but um that's kind of what i take out of out of it yeah i know from what you tried i think that's accurate too we're gonna take a quick break when we come back um we do want to get into some of what you guys are talking about, like really the definitions. Number one, like what you're trying to break down and then some of the key things to take away from remote viewing because I some of them are very simple, 
And some of them, you know, the terminologies I came across were like, I, I have no fucking clue what they're even talking about with this. But there is something you really do have to pay attention because the mind's a tricky thing. And when the mind starts wandering or the mind starts kind of deducing and putting things together, that's when remote viewing goes sideways. And so, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit here uh, right after the break. Stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we're back. Again, we're talking about remote viewing. Um, this is something that I kind of wrap my brain out, brain, sorry, brain around a little bit. I broke it down a bit because I think this is interesting for how it – maybe this helps kind of perceive what it is. So some of the definitions I found in, in the research I was reading on my side, remote viewing basically, when you're doing it, you're tapping into an eight-dimensional waveform. You're tapping into waveform data that is – Something that we don't, I mean, it's surrounding, it's surrounding us in every way, shape, or form. Smell, you know, time, again, linear, uh, what it is, objects, like, it, like it's an eight-dimensional form. You're breaking that down into your four-dimensional mind, if that makes sense, where your mind thinks like that. Your mind is, you know, it pictures this, this picture, this memory. Um, maybe you're on the beach, you have this memory of a smell, of picking up a seashell, whatever have you. But then you're bringing that down into this tiny little focal point of going into a two-dimensional form. And when we say that, that two-dimensional is where you're actually writing down the experiments. You're writing down what you see, um, what you taste, shapes you smell, etches, sketches. All that is literally on a two-dimensional piece of paper. So I, you know, I don't know if that, that helps kind of define it a little bit. I think it did a little bit for me because you know, you, you think that you know, well, I don't understand how this attaches to this, but that's kind of how that attaches. You know, we were actually writing. And so if you vice versa that, you're writing something down and you're blowing it up into what we know as a new known universe around us, basically. And I don't know, guys, if that – God, is there any other way I can put it? I don't know if I can define that any better, really. I think that's it's, that's about as good as you're going to get. <laughs> I really, Yeah, really. I mean, you're tapping into something that we don't tap into. You know, we're part of this matrix, like Josh said, you know, and that's yeah. a lot of it. Um, there's one thing about remote viewing that I was kind of, because when we first started this, I was talking, I think Josh, and uh, we were coming up with, okay, we got to do targets and we got to do these practice targets and all this. And and you had said something about, well, it's just coordinates, right? Well, so some history on that. Yeah. So they started out that way. When the military started getting involved, they started talking about coordinates, so they use, you know, typical military, they're going to use latitude and longitude lines, you know, just like the grid of the earth, where we're at. That's what they're going to make for the target because they can specify the location. And we're usually talking, when we talk about that, that's more of a, what they call coordinate remote viewing, which is just a, a again, a very bare boned snippet of what we did because it does get really detailed if you want to get detailed. But they went away with that 
Because what they end up finding out is when you try to assign a target to it and you're using coordinates or location, number one, you've got people that either were not honest and they'd remember where those coordinates are because they were good enough to remember those coordinates are, especially if they were military. They know, you know, if you gave them this latitude and this longitude, oh, well, shit, that puts me in, you know, Afghanistan. That puts me yeah. on this side of the thing. And so what they call, and, and this is another term, and if I miss it, you know, bring me back, guys, to it, but what they call front-loading. They didn't want to do that. And then on top of that fact, when you, John, you had that story in that example where you were talking about uh, the astronaut that was like taking trips to the moon and mm-hmm. seeing these things. Well, the, the whole latitude, longitude thing is not going to work there because we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what the fuck that is. So yeah. they changed what that was and they decided to just do direct intention. And that was where it was a random target number. And here's an example that I thought was really funny and I'll throw it out to you guys a little bit. So, if I came up with a target, and this is tricky too because you really can't, you got to be careful how you do it. But if I told you the target was 20010911, and that was the target that you guys had to see, and that was a location you had to see, where's your mind go with the target with that number? I mean, you just automatically think September 11th. Automatically, right? So now you're, now you're deducing. Now your now your mind is coming up, and that's something. Another thing that I found in the remote viewing session um, is called analytical overlay. And I know this is deep, but this is what our mind does. We're human beings. We want to try to figure shit out. We just can't go do something and just be what they call an observer. We want to try to figure yeah. out what's going on and all that. And well, that's humans are so akin to we have to find a pattern in everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, pattern and make sense of it, right? You know, because yeah. we can't shit if we don't make sense of it. We're failing as humans, you know. So this mm-hmm. is where we're at. So that's what they call analytical overlay, and that what you just said, where that target's automatically going to percept you to that, it's going to be nine eleven. Well, yeah, now you just put something together and deduced. That is the the number one thing I took out of doing all the research on remote viewing, and that's something I told you guys was you you can't deduce, you can't put something together. You can't have your mind trying to go, oh, well, this makes sense. If you do a target session and you picture something cool, the color blue comes to you, the word sand comes to you, well, that automatically, your mind's going to put that together to be a beach. Man, you gave us that exact example right before we started and it gave me fits with analytical overlay because I kept thinking I was thinking about a beach and because you'd said shit about a beach. Like, uh, actually, that same, same right. here. Actually. Like I yeah. kept dismissing everything I was getting because I was like, no, that's just cause Shane was talking about a beach earlier. Why <laughs> am I thinking about water and like birds and boats and shit? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, may, I maybe, I mean, it's one of those things where, but that's part of that. That's part because that's what your mind does and that's kind of where it goes. And so I think that's the hardest thing with remote viewing is making sure that you kind of clear that out and you understand that. And if you do have a snippet of something that your, your mind put it together, the one thing with remote viewing is everything absolutely gets written down. And as somebody told you guys in beginning of the sessions was, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's a form, a symbol, a sketch, words, codes, you know, and then you start getting into the deep side of remote viewing, which we'll cover a little bit, is, um, you know, smells. You know, putting yourself literally trying to mentally put yourself into that situation or that location that you think you see. You know, all of that, it's really, really hard because sometimes you can not, 
you can easily do what they call analytical overlay, AOL, and you can be on that form. So in remote viewing, you have to write that down on the side so you can make sense of it. So you can go, okay, nope, I already, I said B, I'm going to write that down because that's part of that. And you can separate it from what your actual intention is, if that makes sense. Well, and also if you write it down, when you're looking back at it later, you won't have as many memory tricks where you're like, I'm pretty sure I said blue. Did I not say blue? (laughs) Well, if it's not on the list, then you probably didn't. Well, and that's what's so hard about it for me. And I don't know about you guys, but it's like, how do you, you my mind is not like it runs down past all the time. How -hmm. do you separate that from staying focused and looking, you know, almost like you're doing, you're looking through a peaky boo hole is what you're doing when you think about that target. That's the hardest thing with this thing. How do you differentiate this from that? That's real hard. Yeah, I think for beginners especially, I don't think that's possible. I think you just take whatever you get kind of um, – because there's no way I could differentiate between, you know, this is something I should be – this is legitimate and then this is just something that whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's the trouble that I had. I tried it on my own on um, the day before, actually, we got together. COVID safe, by the way, listeners, you know, we were sitting across from the table. We had our distance. We showed up with masks, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, it's first time, actually, guys, first time we've been together for, Jesus, it's been a bit, you know, months, I think, for the most been part. been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But it was cool. Well, I went over to John's house, and that's what we did. Um, when we talk about that, I guess, you know, focus in your mind. The key thing is just just relax. And it's hard for me to do, but it's one of those things where if you know you're going into a session, no matter what that looks like, and you really want to give this a go, you have to do your best to relax and not have anything outside in, interfere with you and what you're doing, basically. There was two things that I had on that sheet. So I printed up the sheets, and I went by – you know, again, coordinate remote viewing. Um, one thing was during that relaxation, are you, do you have any visions during the relaxation? You know, you're prepping for the remote viewing. You don't know what the target is. You know, you're prepping to go into the session. You don't know whether it's focusing on an object, a location or a person, right? But if you have any flashbacks beforehand, your mind goes somewhere or you happen to see, you know, you picture chicken coop or you picture a road or that that actually is written into the beginning of that remote viewing session. So again, you can kind of pinpoint that out. Another thing is how you feel physically is making sure that, you know, are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you, you know, what kind of mood are you going into the remote session with? All that has something to do with the end of it, because all that affects that, even though it's mostly a mind thing, it really is. There's, I feel like reading through everything, there's a lot of emotional balancing to it too. And what you have to focus on. So the beginning of that guys, when I had you write those, like, do you, you know, did you picture something? Yes, no, describe what it is. And then how you feel. Yes, no, tired, hungry, sore, whatever. Um, That all attributes to what the end of the session may be. And I don't know if that made sense to you guys when we were doing it or not, or you know, I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I took it off coordinate remote viewing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think I was just nervous about doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't wasn't thinking about all that other stuff really. Yeah, like it. 
did not it was not what I expected it to be. Yeah, so there's a question, and I kind of want to ask you guys, because we didn't talk about this after the sessions were done. So we did two sessions, and again, listeners, what we're going to – we'll talk about in like layman terms of how to kind of get your mind into it, what to do, steps to get to point A to point B. But when before I sat, I go, look, I read this, and this is kind of what I read, and I'm throwing it to you guys. What like John first? What was your thoughts on what you thought remote viewing was? Was it more simplified? Was it more complex? Was it just a different? Other than I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to see the pyramid because that's what's there. What, I don't know. What did it look like for you? Mm, like what did I think remote viewing was before we did it? B- before we tried it, and then correct. Yeah. Um. I mean, I just thought I thought remote viewing, regardless of all these people saying like, oh, anybody can do it. You know, you just got to practice or try or whatever. Um, I thought, you know, it was probably pretty much relegated to a small group of people, you know, with some unexplainable psychic ability. Um, And then when I tried it, uh, I didn't think I was very good at it. So... <laughs> I knew you mentioned I, that a couple times. Uh, so I mean, I still don't think I can do it, or you know, I mean, but you know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm willing to keep trying, but um, after I tried it, I was just like, well, it's nonsense for me to keep trying to do this. <laughs> it's not, but fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I disagree with you. I think you got a lot of the same imagery I got. Yeah. Yeah. Which is saying something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess what, what my results were, I guess if you look into it and you read into it, I guess it could be interesting. Um, I mean, we can get into that later, but there's certain things that I guess I, I wrote down that correlated, but is that a correlation just because, you know, we can find patterns and everything and we're just making it right we're making it work not like it was working well yeah i mean that is kind of what a correlation is like by definition so yes but also in the spirit of the word um no like things correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation right like if things line up that doesn't mean one thing caused the other Mm -hmm. but it also doesn't mean nothing so just the fact that like some of the imagery you got was correlating with some of the imagery I got, I think does say something. I think it says that we were both at least somewhat tapped into the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why when you say you weren't good at it, I'm like, well, you got like the key things that I got, you know what I mean? For the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, yeah, yeah, I was trying, I was trying to stay focused and tapped in. Um, I think there was always just like a little thing in the back of my mind, like, what are you doing? You, you're not going to be able to get this. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why I don't think I can do it because I I can't shut my brain off. So it's always yeah. going to be in the back of my mind going, oh, is this her shit? Wait a minute. Focus. Is this her shit? Well, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Focus. I, I, I did. Yeah. I did. I think a fairly pretty good job about shutting that inner skeptic off Yeah, and just yeah. trying to like l- let my mind go and just go to wherever it needed to go. Um, yeah. But that was... I, that's the very long-winded, horrible 
no, answer that's, to your question. <laughs> that's, that's what I was looking for. Josh, <laughs> well, on your side, what do you what do you think? Before what was you the question in, again? Before you walked into the session, like Sorry what about you that. thought that was remote. My bad. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> before you walked into the remote. No, I just got session. so interested in what you were saying, I forgot what the question was. Right, right. <sighs> uh before I walked into into it what did i think like what it was gonna be like or yeah yeah like your definitions of what remote viewing really was i thought it was gonna be a lot spookier a lot more seancey a lot more like movie style psychic like i'm gonna get these overwhelming and it's gonna be like watching a movie in my head kind of a thing like where i know what i'm looking at is not just me imagining shit and that was not at all how it was yeah no, like I, the entire time that we were doing it, especially on the first exercise, I was just like, I think I'm just thinking random things. Like, I don't think this is this, any of this correlates to anything. I don't think any of it means anything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I totally, I feel that, but then that goes to the thing again is like, well, you're not supposed to be analyzing what you're thinking. Right. That's you know, the yeah. problem. How do you how do you just how do you break all that down and just be the observer? Because that's all you're doing. You're well, you, you're going to a dinner party, and all you're doing is watching people at the dinner party. You're not it, talking to them. You're not interacting with them. I guess what I I expected it to be more how you would observe people at a dinner party, where you're not talking to them, but you'd be thinking about what was happening. Right. Um, I I did expect it to to feel different than like just my own thoughts, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Mm, like, uh, yeah. like I just, as I just kept thinking, why am I thinking of like a bay or a marina or something like none of this really, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I know I'm thinking about it. So I don't think this has anything to do with what we're trying to do. And I think this is getting in the way of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to not think about that stuff that I thought was, just me being front loaded from you saying, giving your example of the beach, like five minutes before we did it. I was like, no, this is, I'm just thinking about this because Shane used a beach as an example of like, uh, the AOLs and the front loading and stuff. So I was like, no, this can't have anything to do with it. But also this just feels like my own brain. It doesn't feel like I'm witnessing anything normal than when I randomly think about something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I so, expected it to feel different, I guess. So, and I, I think, so that's a big takeaway for listeners. You know, when you want to dive into this, when you talk about those thoughts that are just like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm just thinking it's random thoughts. I'm going to poo poo this. I'm not going to worry about this one here. You have to, you absolutely have to. That's why one of the key things for remote viewing is every single thing that comes in your mind, even if it's not correlated, even if it doesn't make sense or they're not tying together, you still have to write it down because it, at the end of the session, you have a summary that you have to look at. You know, so and we'll talk a little bit here towards the end about how 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 we set it up. And again, you know, for anybody who's listening who may have practiced remote viewing or whatever have you, don't we are not real doctors. We play one on TV. <laughs> we, we it was a very simplified layman term, layman based. You know, hey, we're gonna do this quick. I mean, literally, if you get into remote viewing, like get into remote viewing, it can be very engrossed. You know, sessions can last like five hours. There's six different stages. You're 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 opening that peekaboo hole I was talking about earlier, a little bit more and a little bit more on each stage. You're bringing like stage two, for example, 
if you really get complicated is not only are you sketching down words you see, or maybe you're doing shapes that you see, but you are, um, what do you smell? You know, what do you hear? What do you feel? Like, which is impossible because you're sitting at a table or a desk or on the couch and you're just writing things down. So how can you actually have those? But if you do have those things come into your head and you have those things happen during that remote viewing session, Mm -hmm. those all attribute to that remote viewing session. Because again, at the end of the day, you're literally tapping into, I think, John, you said the matrix. You're literally tapping into your ethereal what's around you. You know, you're tapping into that large... You know, some people think the world's a brain, and and that's what you're connecting to Uh, at at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just have to trust your intuition and trust yourself and just kind of let yourself go. Yeah, I guess just kind of trust yourself and tell that weird nagging thing in the back of your brain to, like, just shut up and, like, let yourself be free, like, totally mentally just be free. Um. Which, yeah, is a little difficult to do. And, uh, you know, we just scratched the surface. I mean, we could take a deep dive on this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. like, to me, it, it was a little bit like uh, how I kind of learned how to meditate, which is, you know, don't try and clear your mind of everything. Don't uh, try and have, like, nothing in your mind because that's basically impossible. But just, like, focus on your breathing and let whatever comes through your mind come through your mind, but don't like, uh, and this is where like meditation differentiate dif- differs from, um, remote viewing, but like, um, so when I meditate, I try, like, I let whatever's running through my mind, run through my mind. I pick it up. I look at it. I put it down and let it go on its way. Um, and like, you know, if something starts, if I start thinking about something too much, then I just start concentrating on my breathing to kind of clear my mind again. And then for remote viewing, it was kind of the opposite where if something interesting popped into my mind, I did want to pick it up and look at it a little bit longer before I let it go to see if it's something that I feel like I need to pursue, I guess, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that's, that's a really hard hurdle to get over. And, and that's a problem. Because a lot of people don't, you know, they don't have that technique, you know. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to break down some quick little layman steps on the stages of remote viewing. Again, it's going to be very basic. Uh, You can get a little bit more complicated, which coordinate remote viewing gets very complicated. That gets into literally a 90-minute relaxation session. Each stage is an hour and a half, like, you know, this. the example that I used earlier where I talked about the guy that had 27 pages – and he defined the tower and the build, and he went back in time to see the build. Again, that's 27 pages, and that remote viewing session was almost six hours. So you really can get into the weeds. But I think for anybody that wants to just kind of try, we're going to do some basic steps for that trying. And then we're going to discuss our session and then go from there if that's cool with you guys. You got anything else on your side? No, let's listen to this badass commercial that's about to come up. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Stand by, everybody. <laughs> Follow Strange Uncles down the rabbit hole of the wild and bizarre as they uncover history that shouldn't be talked about, topics that don't fit into the norm, and conspiracies that sometimes run amok. Find our website at mystrangeuncles.com. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Strange Uncles. Or check out our YouTube channel, Strange Uncles Podcast, where we're adding new content every week. Open the gates. Open the gates. 
All right, and we're back. Um, again, like we stated before we left, this is just very lame and stuff. Very, you know, you want to do it at home. Keep in mind something too that I found out when I was doing the research is there are websites out there, and uh, we can put them in the show notes so you can link to them where they there's groups organizations that literally will have practice targets that you can click on you can you can get that target you can get the information around it you can do a remote viewing session on your own and then you can go back to that website and you can look up that target that summary and what it actually is uh i well we actually would recommend to do that in fact that's something we might do how we did it i actually set up and designed and developed the targets and then I came to John and Josh with it, and we'll kind of describe our two sessions and what we did. But um, there's websites out there that do that. And I, I think if you really want to start, unless you are doing it with someone else or a group of people, you know, you if you're doing it with a group of people, what you want to do is pick what they call a tasker. That tasker is going to be the one that actually assigns a target, assigns that object that you're remote viewing and or object, location, person. Right. You know, you can do all of those remote viewing. Um, a lot of remote viewing actually is being used in the police use remote viewers to find bodies, et cetera, which is more that's more of a location slash object type thing. Um, but you can all set that up so you guys can do it on your own if you want to. But if you're doing if you're new or your group or you don't know, um, look, look at those show notes and, and I'll try to link those on there and you can just do practice targets. But. With that being said, um, the first step of this whole thing is what we call when we talk about the relaxation, that's the cool down. And we actually tried playing a CD. There was, <laughs> there was a CD that came <laughs> with one of the books. Of course, you know, it's 2021 and none of it took me forever to scrounge up a goddamn boom box and go figure it didn't play the CD anyway. So, you know, that, that was out the window. Um, but it basically is a CD that has frequencies attached to it, kind of focuses your mind. Because, you know, we're a firm believer that things are on frequencies. You know, the world's made out of them. And it helps cool you down. It helps put you into a to a frame of mind. Not saying relaxation is not a thing. You still have to have that as a precedent. You still have to make a conscious effort to erase the workday. Erase, you know, your stepdad yelling at you. Erase the dog that shit on your carpet. Whatever it may be. You got to put all that aside. Blank that out of your head. And just kind of focus so you have somewhat... Somewhat of a clean slate, I guess. And like Josh said, some things are still going to come to you, but you want to really make a conscious effort to just kind of be neutral, if that makes sense. And so that's the first stage of this whole thing. Relax is part of that. Um, and then you're going to have what they call the prompt. And the prompt is where you actually get into the session. Okay, so for example, I, I used a modified method of coordinate remote viewing. And so what I did on my side to prep a couple days before and the morning of is I wanted to, I knew we were new at it. I, I you know, we're again, we're all, we're not doctors, <laughs> play ones on TV. We want, I really wanted to try to make it really bare bone. So it maybe was an easier target to approach. So the first session I set up where it was a, it was an object and or location could have been either or I found what I was looking for. And for those Patreon members, by the way, you're actually going to hear those recordings. So if you're a Patreon member and you can join, we'll tell you how to after the after this episode, um, we'll have those recordings of those actual sessions for Patreon members. We're going to play a snippet here on this show just to tell you how we set it up. But just keep in mind if you know that that's a thing. Um, I saw what I wanted to do. I got a picture. 
I wrote down a brief summary of that picture, history, definition, where it's at, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it may be. And then underneath that, I wrote target words, things that came to me, you know, no matter what correlated with that picture, just one sentence, just one word words that were down, you know, history, uh, blue, you know, whatever have you, whatever that example was. And I wrote 10 to 15 for each session, for each target we did. I folded that up, put that in an envelope. On the outside of the envelope, I, I thought about a target to assign to it. In this uh, situation, you know, something that we'll say for the target number, um, it can be random. It doesn't have to be latitude, longitude like we described before because I could give it away. That could be front-loading. So I basically used the year 2021, so 2021, and then I just picked a random number past that. The one thing that the method that we used was at the last four digits of that target number, the last digit is always one because we use what what we call an ideogram where you're drawing kind of a linear line and that line helps you start the sketch, helps you start the process, helps you start the timeline and what you're thinking and what you're focusing on. Ones are just always easy to drop into. It's easier than the two or three or five. So that's how I signed the target, wrote that on the front of the envelope, and that's what I showed up to John's house with, right? So I did that with both sessions. So that's kind of how we set that up, um, and that's what you call the prompt. That's when you kind of everything get ready. So John and Josh, of course, has a paper. They put their pen in the paper. They write down the target number. I read the question to them, and then that's when the whole process starts. And I think, guys, we had what they were each about 30 minutes roughly if you have to bring the session all together. A lot of it is is just – you guys really thinking you were the first session was quiet. You mm-hmm. kept your own words to yourself. You kept your own sketches to yourself. You didn't know what each other was writing. I could see it on my side, but there was no verbal communication. There was no, you know, John's going to, I'm going to write sword or I'm drawing a, a kangaroo. There was none of that. Yeah, no, we were, we were focused on our own thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were and- not working together. No, and and on purpose. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah, there was a method to that. Just because we wanted to see, even though you guys were working on the same target, you're still separated. But yeah, but, I didn't I didn't want to know Josh's dirty little thoughts. <laughs> he can make you scream into the don't bedroom. you though? <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of do. But wink, wink, nice match. So, <laughs> but that's how we set up the first time because technically groups are always better when you do remote viewing, and and it comes into what the psyche is, right? You know, if you have more than one person working a target. And they're working in a group. That target, some kind, sometimes can be more focalized than it can if you just have one person working on it. Think of it as, uh, you know, more energy, or you know, you 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 got you know you got the defense team behind you, basically. So yeah. once you get in, actually, that, oh, next right. time we do this, I want to get a couple of our patreons in on it too, and we can all focus on the same target. Read my mind. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Actually, so there's a funny story I want to tell towards the end of this, but. Uh, they, he did ask that. He says, hey, look, what if I said you, you know, something that I'm thinking about, you guys do it on air. I, I contemplated for a little bit, but then I thought, well, shit, you know, not saying anything for like 15 minutes of time on air. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but if we have the Patreons focusing on something and maybe off air, we work through that target and then come back with those results. I think that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. We, have a, we have a couple Patreons that have already volunteered, so <laughs> – it's also uh, 2021, so we could just edit the dead air out. <laughs> yeah, you think? Since this isn't like a live broadcast. <laughs> anyway. Wait, this isn't live? Yeah. No. This whole Shit. time I thought it was. Jesus Christ, I'm in the wrong mode. 
So the other steps you go on here, um, you want to listen, listen to the expectations, listen to the question. If you are the tasker assigning the question, make it very bare boned. Nothing. You don't want to go, oh, uh, so you need to tell me like, you know, something about something flying in the air and it's in front of a mountain and maybe it's in Brazil. D- don't do shit like that. That that will fuck you all up. Just You need a- to tell me where the beauty mark is located. <laughs> exactly. Where's the screen point? Just really bare boned. Tell me the object. Tell me the person. Tell me the, tell me the, the location. Very easy. That way it focuses uh, on, the, on the actual remote viewer himself. Um, observe. I cannot stress enough. We cannot stress enough. Just observe. If your mind starts wandering into putting puzzles together, you already failed. You can take breaks on this where you get up and you walk away from it. Go outside, you know, clear your mind, go walk the dog, go do something that just kind of gets you out of the task at hand and come back to it. And maybe you don't come back to it for a day and you just let it sit there in your study, but you can do that because it, it, your mind can get so convoluted that now you're going to go down a path that it isn't even because your mind's throwing all kinds of shit out there, analytic overlay, deductions, and everything else that we talked about prior. Um, just back away from that, you know, and, and you have that option. So don't feel you have to do it in one session by all means. And then you want to record everything. You want to write down everything. Um, if you're doing it in a vocal session, whatever you write down, you want to say as well, which the second session we did – uh, what we actually did was I did the same thing with the task, the target. Um, I wrote the question, describe the object that you will see after this session. Uh, I had some things in, a, in an envelope that was sealed. John decided to be the moderator on this one. Josh decided to be the actual remote viewer. What a moderator does, and, and it's helpful, is when the remote viewer begins verbally saying things, he, you know, you're thinking blue, you, you say blue, you're thinking metal, you write down metal, you're thinking there's a breeze in the air, you write down there's a breeze in there, whatever that may be. The moderator helps define that a little bit more for the remote viewer. So, you know, if you say something like, I see something glowing, the moderator can go, well, where's it coming from? You know, it, tell me where that point may be. It's not giving the remote viewer hints, but it's helped centralizing the remote viewer's thoughts a little bit. And the moderator will know what the target is. And so that helps kind of, especially in a lot of police investigations, usually there is a moderator that does that. And somebody's picturing a body near a body of water. Well, then the moderator can go, is it fresh water? Is it salt water? Be more clear, be more, it, it basically just pinpoints a little bit more. So that's the second session. That's a method we use. <clears throat> you want to repeat the steps if you need to. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You want to make sure you record everything. Um, when everything is done, then you want to go ahead and you want to have a summary at the very end of it. And a summary basically – so I've still got the write-ups, guys, that you guys did. Um, and, and I'll go through them and look at them. And you know, when we were done with our session, no matter how – and again, if you're a Patreon member, you're going to find out. But we're done with our sessions. Whatever sketch you can look at, you can say, well, this may be this. This word correlates with this. When I opened the envelope and I had my key target words that I wrote down um, – Josh, you had a lot of them that were correct. John, you had some that were correct. You were still kind of in that right frame of mind. But, you know, really pay attention if you are a tasker to try to write those hot words down because those hot words may mean something. You know, and again, you're just observing. You're not necessarily going in there trying to deduce something or trying to troubleshoot something. So maybe a word might mean nothing to you. But if the tasker actually has that word in his list, it might be a hot word. And those two correlate. You know, maybe you're a little bit more on the trail than you thought you were, you know. 
Well, and honestly, like reading, um, reading about parapsychological experiments, um, the people running the studies found that they had like their intentions and their thoughts had a lot of, uh, impact on the outcomes of the experiments. And that was, um, even across time. So even if the person running the study didn't know what the outcome in the envelope that they were trying to get was, they knew they wanted it to be right or, and things like that. And, uh, um, they showed, they showed that the, the outcomes of the tests could be affected across like from after the test happened back in time, basically. So um, if you're a tasker and you have the intent of the viewer finding and observing whatever object place time, whatever it is, um, they're probably going to pick up on that, which I don't think is like, a bad thing. It's neither here nor there. It's just something to be aware of, right? No, and that's not front loading, really. That really. So that's kind of the intent behind it, because the tasker really has to have. God, I almost went Star Trek on you guys. Jesus, I want to say mind meld, you know, because you can, you got to mind meld. <laughs> you got to have the same kind of, and that's the whole purpose of this thing is you bring yourself into. You're really trying to pick up on the perception of. But remote viewing, depending on how you do it, you know, necessarily, you know, maybe the task is not involved. Maybe you're doing your own target. And, and I think the hardest thing to describe to somebody who has never done it is making sense of why the fuck? Why is this target number important? Why do I have to focus? Why is it random? It makes no sense. That's when you start going into the ethereal. You're tapping into the metrics. You're tapping into something else. All that tasker number, all that target number is, is a focal point. That's all that is. So if you just think of it like that, and I don't know if there's a better way to explain it, guys. I, I, you know, I'm at a loss with that completely, but it seems to work. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a better explanation than I can do about it. (laughs) Fair enough. So, um, so when everything is done, you're going to have a summary. The summary of course is going to be, you know, what I had discussed, what it is, what the object is. If you're a really good tasker, you did your job, right? Um, you're going to have definition, some history, what's going on if it's an object. Same thing if it's a location. Uh, the the most important thing, too, is don't be fucking random. Don't be an asshole if you're a tasker and go, I'm going to take a picture of a desert. You tell me what's there. <laughs> it really needs to be a location or a thing or an object. The more vague you make it, the harder it is going to be to read anything. And it really kind of defeats the purpose completely, you know, really at the end of the day. So try to kind of specify that a, a, a bit when you're making those targets and you're putting some of that together, if that makes sense. I think it does make sense, Shane. So Yes. When yes. trying to do weird shit with your mind, turns out specificity <laughs> is important. Just a tidbit. So speaking of weird shit with your mind, um, we're going to play a quick clip. This is uh, something, this is a little 50-second, 55-second clip off the very first session we did. This just is basically how we set it up. And again, if you're a Patreon listener, you're going to know the outcome. Um, If not, you know, just interesting. Kind of gives you an idea of how we initially started the session and what it looks like. I think I'm ready just. Viewing session one. You just want to write down this target number. 
This is target 2021-4931. And this is a task. I'm just going to read it aloud and focus on what the question is, and then we'll start with stage one. Describe and define the object or location from the picture you will see after this session is over. Describe and define the object or location from the picture you will see after this session is over. And fast forward about 39 or so minutes, we came up with the results for that. And not to give anything away, but I will say the first session um, was very intriguing, I thought. I don't know. What yeah. were your guys' inputs on it? Uh, yeah, the first session turned out way better than I was expecting. I honestly thought we were going to get together and then it was just going to be, be a bunch just, of assholes. Just a train wreck and just like, well, I mean, hey, we tried, guys. Yeah, um, just like, oh, that was a waste of a Sunday afternoon. Let's get fucking drunk. Yeah. Um, so it it was interesting. I'll leave it at that. Um, it, it, and it was a lot better than I expected. Um, it wasn't a train wreck. Likewise. And, and I will say, so, um, and then Josh, what have you got to say? I, as a tasker, uh, again, you know, like I was saying, I, I could, you know, neither John or Josh knew what they were writing, what they were seeing, what they were sketching. You know, they had their eyes closed for the most part. They were separated. I was across from them, but, but I was watching kind of both of them unfold what they had. And, uh, the, the more it got into it, about three quarters of the way through, I was like, I'll be good, goddamned. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, like I expected it to be more of like a movie in my mind instead of just like flashes, quick, quick flashes of a, of a, of scenes. Like, and scene is, yeah, I guess that's a, a pretty good word. Um, but it, it felt a lot more like when you have random thoughts pop into your mind than it did like observing something meaningful if that makes sense yeah and i wonder if that's just because we're highly unexperienced and you know this is our first time trying to tap into the matrix for lack of a better word um i think so uh i think it's probably just lack of experience and not knowing how to sort the wheat from the chaff but also um it was super interesting and i guess i'd say that to say if you do try this don't get discouraged if at first it seems like you're just having a bunch of random thoughts uh apparently that's how it works <laughs> yeah. exactly. it was a lot of fun too so it was it was fun well, not only not only was it good to see you guys in person for a change because it's been months literally it's been insane it was just nice because we've talked about it for a while we, we've hey let's try this this is something we want to do and keep in mind there's other experiments down the pike that we want to do you know we cover a podcast full of weird shit if we have an opportunity to try to mimic that or do tests on that or you know t- whatever that may be by all means we're going to be there you know so we'll try to kind of make that work around we you know where you know what we're doing how we're doing it but um i don't know i was pleasantly surprised second session was a little interesting as well um but that first one was a nice you know and if if nothing would have happened from it we would have walked away and went meh i think i still would have tried again i -hmm. think you know we would have hey well let's try it this way let's try it this way don't like josh said don't be discouraged if your first two or three or four sessions, literally one book I, re- I read, which is um, by David Morehouse, by the way, 
and he worked from the military and he was the one that pretty much, you know, uses that uh, coordinated remote viewing, very detailed, very, very military routined. Uh, you know, he's like, look, I've got people, it takes like 48, 52 weeks to go through this, to know the stages, to know what you're doing. If you have the perseverance, I, we say, stick with it. We're going to try a couple more sessions. They'll get a little bit more advanced. Again, I just want everybody to know that might be a remote viewer or might have tried it already. We did a very bare bone, bare bald, basic version of it, but it was a surprising outcome. And and I, you know, I don't know. Very interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, from this crash course we just gave you, if you uh, think you got the court like what we were trying to view from what we played of that first session uh by all means let us know yeah try try a session and email us at strangejungles at gmail.com write down the target focus on that i mean i i would i literally would and you guys as well would be fucking blown away if we had somebody email us saying uh we think it's this or we think it's this location and if it was correct or i i would just be flabbergasted I would be super fucking stoked and not really that surprised. Yeah, fair enough. I would be surprised. I'll be <laughs> I'll be the first one to admit to you. It's amazing. It's just amazing. It's an amazing thing. You know, remote viewing is really. I've kind I've kind of got. I don't know. I got a thing for it now. Hopefully, it, it dies down. But you know, <laughs> we're gonna try a couple more sessions for sure. I'm intrigued on my side personally. So you know, but that uh, that's remote viewing 101 anybody so um if you have suggestions where we could do john you mentioned that we have some patreon members uh and or even patreon listeners you know if you have always been curious or you have something around that fact um i do have an email real quick uh that we will answer we may have answered this before this is actually from a patreon member and let me pull it up sorry everybody uh, but we, I threw out there in the beginning on Patreon, say, hey, if you guys got questions, whatever have you, uh, this is what he has. So this is from Josh, and I got a quick story to go along this too, and then we can do some wrap-ups. Um, he says, being a skeptic, my question is, what are some stories or experiences you have heard or have had personally that would validate the phenomenon of remote viewing? I am mostly interested in experiences that are harder to just disregard as coincidence. Thanks, guys. I've been loving the podcast. Josh. Oh, thanks, Josh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Josh. What do you think? Um, well, I think this, uh, this book by Addie Jacobson called Phenomena, uh, there's some cases in this book that um, – although obviously not personal experiences. I mean, this is like an investigative journalist um, with, you know, she, all her sources are in the back. Like this is a legitimate book, you know, not written by some crackpot. And some of the experiences in this book are pretty outstanding and pretty uh, just mind blowing. And, and they're real and documented. Um, This isn't some David Icke person, you know, doing some, wackadoodle study um she's is, a great writer number one this is, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah if you ever yeah. see any books written by annie jacobson i highly suggest picking them up uh area 51 phenomena yeah project paperclip um but yeah so and honestly our first session was a like a lot crazier than i thought it would be um 
it wasn't a complete failure, which that's what I was expecting. But um, what makes me believe in remote viewing is kind of just that Annie Jacobson book phenomena and just the documented cases that the CIA and the government and SRI and everything have documented and um, some of the players in it. So that would be my, <clears throat> that would be my answer. Yeah. There was one specific case from uh third eye spies that they mentioned kind of towards the end, just kind of offhanded. Um, and I don't remember who the viewer was. I think it might've been someone on project Stargate um, either that, or it was like towards the tail end of before SRI shut down uh, their operations. But um, actually it, SRI is still a thing. Still oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah there's still um, Yeah. But go on. It was uh, one of the viewers was basically viewing. He had a really hard time explaining it, but he basically described a double hold submarine that was uh, really, really big. And at the time, uh, neither us nor as far as we knew the Soviet Union had anything like that. And um, a couple, I can't remember the exact time interval, but it was um, before our intelligence services knew about it for sure or not, but I believe it was the Akula class um, submarines that were the double hold. I might be uh, wrong on that one, but um, our like Naval intelligence um, operations saw them when they put to sea like several months, if not a few years after uh, that remote viewing session. Huh? Wow. So like stuff that's just like later verified. See, yeah, and, and, and that no one even knew existed at that. At that yeah, the, in fact, yeah. when they went, when they took that report to uh, our intelligence apparatuses, they were laughed at. <laughs> That's see, that amazed me. So, so I got an example, and I, I guess it's not really as much as hey, this was a factual type thing, but it was a very unique session. And one thing I didn't really mention, you know, during this this episode because it, it is a little in depth. The one thing that fascinates me mostly about remote viewing is the whole linear time thing where, you know, you're not stepping into the, you know, I'm not remote viewing the liquor store across the street and who's going into it at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm remote viewing a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, you know, whatever have you. Uh, There was an example that was brought up where somebody was remote viewing the Eiffel Tower And their question was, the target was Eiffel Tower, obviously. They didn't know. It had a number to it. Uh, And it said, hey, describe the the object in this, in the picture you will see after the session. And literally, he was able to remote view into his, into his mind, into what it was. He saw the Eiffel Tower. He was literally in the presence of people. He would begin moving around the Eiffel Tower, like in his thoughts, in his matrix. He would actually engage the people and talk to him like, you know, what do you see what's happening? And what ended up doing, he actually was remote viewing uh, the Eiffel Tower was half built. And he was literally engaging with the people at that time to try to get a sense of what was happening, why it was being built, what it was. Um, And and again, this is a very deep, deep documented uh, remote viewing session. To me, that fascinates me. That fascinates me that and and the hard thing with that is I, I guess really the the in the day you really can't prove that other than he correlated the year of when it was half built they had the foundation they had this and they were building it segments and he had written down the year and he had written down the season because he had smelled 
uh, leaves in the air and these other things that correlated with, you know, the exact same time when the Eiffel Tower was in this stage. Now, granted, you know, you can look back in the history books and find out the Eiffel Tower is built in such and such and such, and this is when, but he didn't know the target. So to me, to me, that's amazing. To me, that's a little, that, I don't know, that, that just kind of blows my mind a bit. The same story that you use, John, about, you know, going to the moon and literally seeing things on the moon and they look back at the remote viewer. Mm -hmm. To me, that just is mind blowing. Yeah. That story I have a little bit of a hard time with. Um, It's a cool story. Because they were handsome, naked moon miners. <laughs> I don't know. Be, be, Was that what their like shirt thing, said? It's just a thing that you can't verify. I mean, you can verify the submarines. You can verify uh, the Eiffel Tower. You know, you can't verify shit on the moon. Also, Pat Price, the story that I was talking about before, that's that's a story that really, you know, blows my mind, you know, yeah. reading files out of a file cabinet. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. That's another good example. Uh, yeah. a, a, a secret a government program called uh, or installation called sugar grove, you know, no one's supposed to know that. And yeah. they, you know, they were being investigated for espionage. Yeah. Cause they're like, how the hell do you know this? Um, so, th- but those like those cases that are like verified, you know, those cases. That Agreed. Are- and I guess that's my imagination run away with me. Like I so much want to believe in that. I so, because you know, when he was telling that session, like he was very adamant. It's a very famous session. And so, you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, like, why would they make that up or why would they, you know, it goes along the same conversation of people that, you know, claim they've seen aliens or claim they've seen go- or they have something, you know, well, why? They're ruining their reputation. They're literally, they have nothing that they're gaining from saying this experience or saying that situation. Um, but I, you know, I digress. I, I don't know. It could go either way. But I think that the time one with Eiffel Tower, that was pretty fascinating for, for me on my side. So, Josh, that would be our... I guess examples. Um, there's there's thousands more. That's just the ones. Again, we just scrape the beginning of the iceberg. I think you know real yeah. quick. And so. uh, you know, I appreciate skeptics for sure because I consider myself one, but a skeptical believer, as I've said before on the show many a time. But um, yeah, if you're interested in the sci phenomenon, remote viewing, um, I can't recommend Annie Jacobson's book Phenomena anymore. Yeah, um, it's. Area 51 is amazing. And I actually bought Paperclip. I have not read it yet, but she's how she writes, I think, is what's the It's just a very easy how she writes, how she narrates it is is just it's It's great. There's not very many authors I can say that about. Yeah. Well, and and Phenomena is about the secret history of the U.S. government's investigation into extrasensory perception Mm. and psychokinesis. So if, if, if you want, like this, that, that book is chock full of the history and examples and um, you know, you, it, it's, there's something to, to the psychic phenomenon. There's something into, there's something to extra pers- uh, ESP and all that. No one knows what it is, but it's somehow real. Yeah. And I think that's something, you know, we've all said this on the show too. Like, you know, we wanted to do a remote viewing session because we're skeptics. And we, and, and, you know, and when we did the sessions, we looked at it on like the second session, I'll, I'll be hundred percent honest with you on my side, guys. It was, yeah, there were some things that correlated, but in general, I don't know. I don't know if that really, you really got to look at things and kind of dismiss these things first and go, nope, nope, nope. Before you look at these other things over here, um, first session was very grounded in. Um, we say that on the show all the time, you know, I, I mean, but I'm with you when I say I, there's something there, like there's something that, that we're, 
and you know you can't put your finger on it. There's some kind of a something we're tapping into. There's too many examples. There's too many cases. There's too many scenarios where things fit, and you don't have an answer for them when it comes to ESP. So, you know, something to be said about that for sure. Yep. But um, anyway, so that is our. Unless you guys have anything to add to it, that's remote viewing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Um. I say. Uh, Come find us on Patreon, and we will we'll play some of the uh, audio from the sessions that we yep we're messing around with. Yep. I'll, I'll edit yeah. them, and, and we'll get maybe even tell you what the targets were. Yeah, wink, wink. Um, quick little Patreon story by the by the <laughs> before we end the show. Um, I actually so we have a uh, company that we hired. There was an individual we hired to help monitor and kind of do the safety and and the servicing of the building with equipment and you know making sure that it's safe, secure, things like that. And, uh, you know, and I kind of befriended the guy. He's a really great guy. Uh, he's been there for like a month, month and a half. And, you know, we found out we both like stuff in the weird. And, uh, you know, he started listening to our podcast. So thank you, by the way. You know who you are. And he goes, yeah, you guys were talking about that that interview you did with Stephen Bassett, you know, a couple episodes ago. That was amazing. I mean, the guy, you know, if he's really sure that, you know, there's disclosure here and that it's coming. He says, that was very interesting. I go, yeah. I said, you really should be a Patreon member because it's, it's, you should hear the rest of the interview. There was a, almost an hour, an hour of him that disclosed even more that would just blow your mind. He goes, yeah. He says, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did hear it. I did. I go, he goes, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Patreon member. I'm like, oh, 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 okay. Well, come down to my office. I'll give you a poster and a koozie. <laughs> and I don't have to ship it to you. <laughs> so well, good job, Shane. You're you're always uh <laughs> always on the tip of it, right? Always fighting the good fight. That's right. So anyway, so so thank you very much, by the way. You know who you are. But I just thought that was kind of a funny story and it it's saved on shipping and handling. So, you know, win win for sure. God God bless. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but uh if you guys have any comments, um I think specifically on this episode, we really look forward to some feedback. Um, because this is something new to us and I know we already had feedback from a couple of Patreon members and, and, you know, after you listen to this, you know, by all means, you know, we could be wildly off the gamut and the target completely, <laughs> but, you know, let us know. And you can let us know by email at strangejungles at gmail.com. Um, if you have a story, you have questions we didn't cover for remote viewing, something that you want to try, you want to get a little bit more in depth or something we kind of glossed over, you can call us at 801-252-69. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It worked that time. Perfect. Only took us five times. 45. Uh, let us know. You know, call us and let us know. And then uh, social media. Where are we at there? Uh, yeah, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Strange Uncles Podcast. We're on Twitter at Strange Uncles. We have a YouTube channel that sometimes gets new stuff. Um, I think that's it. Mm, I think so. We have a Vimeo account. We've never posted anything to. Do we? You, if you want to go check me. that out. I, I did it. No, we had that. Yeah, don't bother. Don't bother <laughs> checking if, that out. If you want to go stare at white blank space. <laughs> that's funny. Um, anyway, the only other thing I got to add is just thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, rate and review if you can. It does us a load of good for sure. Uh, you know, I, I feel like there's a paranormal podcast popping up every week. 
So, you know, we're swimming in a sea of sharks at this point, but I think we got something good. And we've got some pretty good guests on, and we've got some pretty good guests lined up for the future, too. And we actually have a trip that we have planned um, end of March. So look forward to that because we're going to bring some recording gear and kind of have that for everybody. We'll throw some Patreon stuff out there. We'll throw some regular listener content out there. Um, should be fun. Something I've been looking forward to for a long time. I've never been there personally. So uh, we'll kind of reveal that when we get upon that. But uh, does anybody else have anything else? Negative. Negative. Negative, Ghost Rider. With that being said, good luck with remote viewing. Let us know what you think. Close the gates.